strapped in the trenches Making moves going all out Every day handle business You know that the hustle don't stop Got my team, let's get it Reviewing books and talk stocks Steady keep it moving So you gon' wanna tune in Get Lowdell, it's an app Get local food on demand Delivery right to your home Everything in the palm of your hand Took hard work and dedication Come through, join the conversation This is history up in the making We just wanna be an inspiration Hey, let's go Carrie Carlson, there she is. How are you? I made it. I'm good. How are you? Look at that internet connection. This is perfect. Oh my god! Like if it goes out, I'm gonna go. Night and day. (laughs) This is amazing. Uh, So Carrie, let's dive right into this here. I know we started uh, talking a bit about Coconut Cloud yesterday, but I, I was telling our listeners that your mission is replacing dairy with creamy coconut. And I, I absolutely love that because I've had dairy stomach problems that I've combated my whole life. And I love dairy, don't get me wrong, but I can't eat it. And I just have been like, oh, whatever, I'll just deal with the stomach issues. So can you shine light on, for starters, what got you into the mode? Have you never been able to eat dairy yourself? You know what? I actually made a link probably about six years ago that dairy was causing inflammation for me. And for me, it was like a runny nose and runny eyes and just couldn't like, I was getting like sinus infections and not understanding why. And um, one of my natural health providers said, you know, you just might want to try eliminating dairy and see if that works. And I did. And it completely went away. And I think the problem most people find with dairy is that it actually just produces inflammation in your body. And for me, for you, it's stomach issues. For other people, it's other things. I just don't feel good when I eat dairy. So I was on a quest to find a coffee creamer that I could travel with um, because I was very, very frustrated. I avoid soy. Soy milk was readily available when I first started doing some product development and research. And I discovered um, that coconut milk powder was widely used in Southeast Asia. And with my contacts, with manufacturing overseas, so I was able to source a very finely milled coconut milk powder that blended perfectly into a dried format. Some of the coconut milk powders you'll find from the Philippines or Vietnam, et cetera, are more springy and they don't dissolve. You want, when you put something into a cup of coffee, you definitely want it to be able to dissolve. So I spent about a year developing it. And I, um, I mentioned to Dan, just as I was doing it, I launched my brand on Amazon in 2016, but very small, just like a beta test, just once few. And at the same time, I got introduced to a natural, a, a national retailer who wanted it for private label. And I said yes. And so I went from one pallet to supplying 2,500 supermarket stores nationally. And that was a huge leap. <laughs> Wow. So how did you deal with that right off the bat? Like what kind of um, well, volume were you say, looking at? So volumes, you know, it was just some, uh, no capital investment, but just I had to do, um, I've learned through my business that I pretty much ask everybody for extended terms. Because what's the worst you can say is no. And so I was able to negotiate with my um, coconut milk supplier for extended terms to get powder in, to bring it in, to bring it in. 30,000 pounds at a time, so it's a pretty big um, capital purchase. purchase. And then working with my co-packer in Denver, I did a deal with them for extended terms. And so I never actually had to put money up front to get the business up and running. So yeah, we launched that in January of 2017. Yes. 
So, Karen, can you clarify this for a second with your expenses going in? You know, mostly people are afraid when they start a business yes. of all of the upfront costs, the barrier yes. to entry. Can yes. you break down then what were what were your barrier to entry costs, if anything? So for this, I mean, um, you had to do so it was raw materials. So raw materials was the coconut milk powder, which is like the big, biggest expense. And we're bringing it in from overseas. You want to bring in larger quantities just because it doesn't make sense to bring in a pallet. You have to clear it. You have to forward it. You have to move it. You want to build. You want to bring in truckloads. So that was probably my biggest outgoing expense. But because of my history and experience in food manufacturing, I've just learned to, like I said, ask for things. And this was a new supplier for me, and they said yes to extended terms. And so they were they're partially financing my business. So saying that, I'm sure in my cost of goods sold, in my cost of my bulk ingredient. There's probably a few extra pennies per pound to cover that financing cost. Everything costs money, but I just was able to push that burden to my supplier. So I want to say our opening, you know, as far as like money-wise, I don't know, five hundred thousand dollars, something like that, was between raw materials, all the packaging that we had to purchase in advance, and then obviously inventory. And this national retailer, because it's a brand new item, it's a natural version of coffee meat. We didn't know how to forecast it. So we kind of went a little bit heavy. And the way that large supermarkets work is they want just-in-time delivery. So what that means is I had to work with a third-party logistics provider where I would build inventory at my cost, ship it into their warehouse, and then whenever this retailer wants an order, they place their order on Monday, they can get it on Wednesday. So it's worth it for me to use that third-party logistics. But you have to invest in the inventory. You don't know how quickly it's going to turn and how and Carrie, can you take us through what are your thoughts in terms of direct to consumer versus using a third party for a product such as yourself? Like, have you thought about really trying to get more aggressive with just direct to consumer? What? How do I you have, do that? I have. I've used Amazon as my um, primary direct to consumer um, sales function, but I have thought about building a subscription model. But you, you really do need a one, just a whole set of products that people are going to want month after month after month. So, and we look at, you know, I use Amazon to get lots of data because I can see my orders and most people order more than one thing. So I've got this whole active population of coconut cloud users. But one thing that Amazon changed years ago is that we're no longer able to directly communicate with our um, customers, like they don't want us reaching out and saying, hey, send me your email address. It's an Amazon. Really? Yeah. So you'll get emails, for instance, say, hey, what do you think of your experience? Did you like your whatever you just bought? But that's, that's very tightly controlled by Amazon. It's very clear that this is an Amazon customer versus your own customer. So does that concern you at all for just yes the transparency? And, um, yes and no. Um, the part about Amazon that is just you can't replicate is the amount of eyeballs that you are getting looking at your products at any given time versus trying to find somebody to direct traffic to your website. So I'd say my my sales on my website versus my sales on Amazon are just a fraction of what they are on Amazon. And we're working to make our website easier to navigate, easier to build out larger orders, make it more interesting. And some people, quite honestly, recently, they don't want to buy from Amazon. They want to buy from a smaller supplier. So that's been a challenge to figure out how do we get more eyeballs outside of Amazon looking at our products. 
Carrie, so when you like, when you, th well, I'm just thinking out loud here, you know, yeah. you've got a lot of people with dairy allergies. It's a yeah. major deal. Have you have ever thought of coordinating with medical practices where you have doctors maybe, you know, being able to tell some of their patients, hey, you shouldn't be eating, eating milk. Yeah, we actually do have a number of dietitians as customers. And I would say in general, they have found us more than we have found them. And, but I think it's a really good idea to make that available because of the data about dairy. And quite honestly, I mean, I'm sure you guys are following, you know, the news and what's going on with the pandemic and what's going on with all these root plants. And just, it's not very appetizing images of what we're doing. And I believe that further increases the power and opportunity for a plant-based diet. I think, I think what I think scares people away is like, oh no, there's no way I'm gonna be able to do it 100% of the time. But I don't think you have to do it 100% of the time. What if you subbed out and did a plant-based meal two nights a week versus having a steak for a burger or chicken and so I think if we can all collectively start making those transitions, I think it's a reason why companies like Impossible Meat have just grown like crazy because people are open to the opportunity of plant-based products. And they understand the health benefits, and then they understand the environmental um, Mike, maybe, that, maybe that'll make you second guess wanting to uh, short beyond me. No, it thinking that some bad I don't believe I believe in Kerry's product because I, I think dairy yeah. is terrible for you. I don't believe beyond meat's a whole different thing. I just yeah, think no, there's I some love stuff that's in a, there. That's a great stock to watch. That's a great stock to follow, by the way, because it's so incredibly volatile. I love it. I actually love that stock. And I also think so I've got some brothers that um, own some franchises and they own Burger King and the impossible burger at, at Burger King was a huge success. So I think people are open to the possibility of how do we make that switch so i mean our planet is warming we all know that and what can what little baby steps can we do and i think by like eliminating dairy and cutting back on our meat consumption can help us get there Carrie, that's what i was gonna bring up because if people you would think if someone was to tell me 10 years ago you're gonna have burger king offering an impossible burger i'd tell you you're crazy Oh, I know. That's a whole different. I I personally still don't believe in Beyond Meat. I think it's complete crap, and I'm waiting for something to come out. I could be wrong. With well, you, you mean though, as far as I like think it's like you mean what it's made of. Yeah, I, I don't buy into it. I've I've had it. I just I think there's something off there that is going to come out. There's a lot of chemicals. I mean, that's it's like you're trading out um, a you know a beef product for a. It's got a lot of chemicals and it's got a lot of. Seems too good it. to be true. Yeah, I think there's some. I think there's some further but with carrie with you though you have a product that is actually though very needed for like it's sustainability yeah. health-wise longevity dairy kills people like yeah. it's the reality it's not good for us we grew up with a milkman without any education on we were told as kids dairy was a, a staple part of your diet right which was remarkable the 90s no i know and we're like the only species in the world that drink other species milk like it doesn't make biological <laughs> sense. Like, and so I think, no. And so coconut milk is a perfect um, uh, replacement for dairy because it's rich and creamy. And you know, and there's been a lot of other developments with other non-dairy milks, oat milk and almond milk. Almond milk, you know, quite honestly uses a lot of water. So when you look at the environmental impact, we've done some studies or we've had some access to some studies about, about our carbon footprint. And we actually shared that with public. So I sell coconut cloud in public supermarkets in the Southeast. 
And by making wow. the switch, um, we, we posted it on our social media and we tagged them. And I don't know if they love that, but uh, because they really do want you to sign something. But we had another customer that our private label customer actually took our demographic information about the carbon footprint of coconut milk versus regular milk and actually made signage in their stores. So it's powerful. It's powerful when you look at the numbers. That's awesome. It's just better. It's better for the planet and better for you as a person. I, uh, I actually live right next to a Publix now. I never even have heard of that grocery chain until I moved down to Charleston. So if I go in there, I can get your product. Yeah, actually go in and check because sometimes we're out of stock of the vanilla creamer. So I've got two creamers in there and I've got two cocos. But Publix is an amazing supermarket. They yeah, don't grab our stuff for your coffee. So 100% will. And take pictures for me. That would be great. I, I definitely will. I so go there Barry, all the time. I'm really right next there. Where okay. can I buy this if I want coffee tomorrow? Okay, so I'd say in New York State, I'm trying to think of which retailers. Um, we're in Sprouts, but I don't think there's any Sprouts where you are in New York State. I think you'd have to go online for that. I so, will. I'm, I'm yeah. pumped to try you out. Yeah, and you know what, so, uh, Mike? I'll send you some free samples. So give me ooh. your best. I'll hook you up. Terry, <laughs> let me ask you, what is your favorite thing to put your product in? Is it coffee? Like, do you have a specific routine with your product? How often are you using this? I use it every day. And I use it, many times I use it actually in smoothies as well, just to add the, if I run out of nut milk, I'll use coconut cloud as a replacement because it blends perfectly with water. It dissolves best in hot water or warm water, but when you put it in cold water with ice and you've got like, I've got like a Ninja um, blender, it, when you blend it, it actually all emulsifies together and tastes super creamy. Um, yeah. So I use, it, I use it mostly in my coffee. I do drink my cocos during the winter, starting to get warm out. Actually, we're working on some frozen drinks right now, some dairy-free, like frappe, frappuccino-style drinks that you can blend at home. I'm gonna try one this morning, which, which was a frozen hot chocolate. It was delicious, mm. really good. How about ice cream? Ice cream, you know what, we, you know, we haven't really, um, we haven't really thought about ice cream, only because I just- That's huge it. for you, Carrie. Coconut, yeah. I, I think that's game-changing. I know, I know. I, um, so, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed. Do you remember those, um, that astronaut ice cream, that freeze-dried ice cream. It's like I do. Well, I God, I would love to do a vegan version of that because for anybody. I've had Coke. I think it's phenomenal. I've had yeah. dairy-free coconut. I think it's great. It's really good. It's really good. Really clean. So let me ask you: When you said that you're kind of toying around with frappuccinos, you tried one at home this morning. That was kind of like an ice hot chocolate. What goes into testing these new products like how to take me through the actual behind the scenes like are you trying a bunch of drinks and then yeah, so, the flavor so, gets right so kind of like my skill set is really a product developer i come up with ideas and i my co-packer so i have a company in denver that makes most of my products and they have an r d lab so i come up with the ideas and then give them kind of um, things to maybe use for inspiration, saying, okay, we like the Frappuccino, but it's too sweet. And I'm really wanna, I'm, I, I'm a big low sugar person, so we're experimenting with monk fruit. So I put in um, the request to my R&D team and they sent me just today, which is a single sample, but I'd like to see a caramel flavor. It was just a frozen hot chocolate. Um, but it's not always just me. So we have a new product that we're coming out with this summer called Happy Brain Coffee which is premium instant coffee 
my creamer and MCT oil all mixed together in a blend, kind of like a vegan bulletproof coffee in a dried format. So you can take it with you wherever you go and it's delicious. So I did some tastings this week here. Normally I'd go down to the lab, but just with COVID, I'm doing most things from home. But we are going to expand our little focus group and reach out to our Instagram followers and do a giveaway kind of along the lines of, you know, do you want to be an R&D assistant? Help us pick our final formulas. So we're going to be running that contest next week. People love to be parts of those types of things. And we'll send out samples to probably 10 people. We'll do it on Facebook and Instagram. And then get their feedback on, a, we're going to do a sweetened version and an unsweetened version. And so that's typically, like we try to crowdsource some of the final flavors because we have had, I, I did a turmeric ginger mix a couple of years ago, and it was way, way, way too spicy. So we got feedback on Amazon, like, I like the concept, but whoo, too much better. So we're now trying to make sure that we get more people involved. Carrie, have you tried any Facebook advertising where you're kind of giving like clickbait, offering free, oh, mm -hmm. try, you know, no need for dairy in your creamer. We yeah, got you covered. We've used, we've used Facebook. We're, um, we've used Facebook with some success. Uh, we've used Instagram ads you're talking about specifically. We're now mm -hmm. really trying to look at um, how do we use um, Google. And Shopify, our website is now actually enhancing a lot of their um, tools that they offer to help you get more eyeballs and get people into your site. We're trying to grow our number of uh, clicks per day. So you, you, you guys use Shopify? Yes. Mm -hmm. Tell us, what's what's the deal with Shopify? Because it's a company that I hear so much about on like CNBC and it seems like they're, they've actually, they've totally exploded, but like as a consumer, you don't really see it. It's kind of the behind yeah. the scenes company. So it's just the software that we use to sell to, do, to run our e-commerce site. So one thing that we do, which is like a little bit of a hack, is we actually don't fill our orders ourselves. Like normally really big companies will go to a fulfillment center. We just don't have the volume of orders just yet. We actually have Amazon fill our Shopify orders. So wow. we send product, like I didn't even know that was possible. We send product into Amazon. We're, we do what's called um, FBA, fulfillment by Amazon. So Amazon does everything for us. But they have this other side business. So Amazon really gets involved with everything. We direct it. So however many orders we get a day, Amazon picks and packs and ships them for us. And they can do it so much cheaper than if I hired somebody like here in Denver to do it for me. So, so Shopify is kind of a tool to allow customers to order from your website and then Amazon steps in and actually makes that order happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Shopify is to run your e-commerce site. So, and they've got lots of tools, lots of templates. They make it super easy. They give you all the diagnostics. They tell you, you know, what your conversion rate is. They, you know, they help you. They want you to sell more product. Yeah. And yesterday you started to talk. I was going to say yesterday you started to talk about how the pandemic has kind of affected your business with just supply chain issues and everything happening with Amazon. I know you were cutting off a little, but I felt like that was some awesome stuff. Could you go into that? Yeah, so Amazon, um, in the beginning, so in March, everything like went nuts. And we had a really good inventory in uh, March, uh, in advance, not planning for the pandemic, but so, and we had a big surge in sales in March. But what we have found since March is that um, business has slowed down a bit because 
Amazon's now unable to meet that two-day prime window. So, and they have algorithms of whether or not you fit into, like if it's an essential item, it's gonna meet the two-day window. So we ran into that, so that slows things down. So it's kind of like you go in like, oh, I'm gonna reorder my creamer. What, two weeks? Nah, I'm not gonna do it. So that's one problem. Mm. Second problem is Amazon actually was limiting incoming shipments of non-essential items. So to make room for masks and, you know, hand sanitizer, they were limiting what we could send in. So only our fastest selling movers were allowed to be shipped in. So I'm well. sure did lots of businesses. So now things are starting to get under control. My Amazon consultant, so I have a person that helps me with all my Amazon stuff. And she said it felt like fourth quarter. Fourth quarter is crazy at Amazon. I mean, my sales fourth quarter are, I wouldn't say it's 50% of my whole year, but it's big. Yeah, 50. Mm. November, December, and January are just crazy. Interesting. I guess, so, is it for gift? Do you notice, do people mm -hmm. buy your products for gifts? I think that's what it is. We don't really, you know, it's interesting. I'm not exactly sure, but like I introduced a cocoa, not last year, but the year before when I first started the cocos, I couldn't keep it in stock. I mean, and every, it ran out like every two weeks. And it's like a terrible thing to happen in December. because Coconut cocoa? Yeah, so I have a line of cocos that are dairy-free, low sugar, that use my coconut milk powder as the base. Mm. So, and they're delicious. And those are at, that's, those are at Publix. That sounds incredible. I could see how that helps uh, off uh, during holiday season. Yeah, allergy-friendly, because lots of moms have kids with allergies and they're looking to limit their dairy use. And Carrie, you've got such a wide demographic. It's a very sexy niche because there's so many people that can't eat dairy. No. So that, that's huge. We have, what's interesting is that parts of my, I have an industrial side of my business where I sell bulk ingredients to other food suppliers. And so one of them actually makes a rice pilaf, a dairy-free rice pilaf. And, you, and I think there's so much opportunity in savory. So you think about ranch dressing, like how many people buy Hidden Valley ranch dressing? I should be doing a dairy-free coconut cloud ranch dressing that uses coconut milk powder as the base. And because you can, it, it'll taste the same. But you should do like a, a blindfold test with wings where yeah, people don't no, even know the difference with ranch. I, uh, it's so a great idea. So, there's so much opportunity in savory that I have not yet explored. We so how do you carry, you have so many opportunities for a product. How do you know when to... Like, you know, Dan and I always run into this with the, talking about expansion even and resources. How do you yeah. know when too many products is too much, where you're just spread too thin? What do you do about yeah. that? Um, I would say I, I do feel like a couple of years ago I was going a little bit crazy. Um, but I was, do, you guys, do you guys talk about supplements on your show? Supplements? I mean, well, we are now. Okay. Yeah, yeah we talk about anything. <laughs> yeah. Supplement called Alpha GPC. And it's a nootropic and it helps brain activity. And I swear to God, I went through this like two month period where I was coming up with ideas every single day. And it was, made me so incredibly creative. And, and you, this is all from this, you think? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Oh, wait, what's the product called? I, I wanna write this down. So, yeah, you should check it out. Alpha GPC. Alpha GPC. And so, but look up new tropics. So N-O-O and then tropic. And these are a line of supplements. And actually the guy who started Bulletproof, he's all about new tropics. Mm. So these are supplements, natural minerals, et cetera, 
that enhance brain function and cognitive function. And I was taking Alpha GPC for a couple of months, and I came up with so many ideas. And what was happening is mistakes started getting made. So I was like making trademarking and trademarking, like attorneys were making mistakes, and I just felt like I wasn't doing anything really well at the time. And side effect of Alpha GPC, if you take it too long, it kind of makes you a little anxious. So stop taking that. Saying that, you make really creative. I highly recommend it. If you're like stuck and you need some creativity, recommend it. So folks, it's definitely not a long-term play, but I if you want to get- I think people cycle through it, they probably take it for a month and then they take, you know, they go So you it. cycle in and off. It's one of those yeah. things you cycle uh -huh. on and off. Got but you. Really, but it made me so creative. And I was just coming up with all sorts of ideas at the time. And also things outside of my wheelhouse. I, um, it wasn't just Coconut Cloud. I was, I was obsessed with, um, jerky at the time and I wanted to do I came up with a brand called nuts and bolts and it was mm. jerky and nuts together in a package because you're getting the protein from both sources and it's almost like a trail mix with jerky in it mm -hmm. I ran into manufacturing problems because nuts are hydroscopic they absorb moisture and jerky gives off moisture which is why they have those little packets in there so if mm -hmm. you put the two together, you'll have really dry jerky and really soaked nuts. So it's not like peanut butter and jelly. Those two no. don't mesh. Well, those two don't really go together. So <laughs> I ran into uh. show. I was like, I ran with it. I filed a trademark, tra nuts and bolts, loved the name, was working on the artwork. And then I was like, whoa, 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 sorry, slow down. You're getting out of your wheelhouse. So how do you juggle both businesses simultaneously? I know we haven't really talked about the tea yeah. business at all, but. They're very different. So. My private label business is um, like a renewal business. So I have um, some supermarket chains that buy spice products for me and tea products for me, and I can forecast those we buy year over year, very similar quantities. Um, they don't take a lot of creative maintenance, but, they, but the customers do wanna see new items, is what we typically do. So I have one supermarket chain, um, actually down in your wheelhouse, Dan, called The Fresh Market that I do a lot of spices for. And every year we'll take a look at what's performing well and what's performing poorly and cycle out the poor performing spices and bring in some new ideas. So actually this week or over the weekend, I tested some new spice blends, had our whole family over and tried them all with burgers and see who liked what. One was like a mushroom umami spice. Mm. Um, one was a harissa spice, which is like a Middle Eastern spice. That I love with chicken, really good. Sometimes it looks very hard. Um, everybody tried something different. So we tried it, we tried to do it on food. Normal circumstances, I go down and see the customer and actually serve them something and have them taste it live. But because of COVID, I think it's just gonna be a Zoom call and just showing them the new idea. So is it the same kind of- Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, but the, a brand is so much more work than private label things. Mm. And why is that? Brand takes, think of it like a big boulder and you're going up a hill and you're pushing the boulder up the hill. And if you step out of the way, the boulders will go, roll right down. So you are yeah. coming up with new ideas, new ways to market, new advertising, new ways, it's, it's continuous. You're making decisions you're dealing with distributors distributors are not fun to work with because they take deductions you get your you know you're getting your payments and then you spend all this time administratively figuring out 
they dinged you for this because they say that so and so spoilage at this retailer and that it's a lot more work. Whereas private label is doesn't change a lot. And so my orders come in and they're very they're very regular and we're able to produce them in a timely way and not a lot changes. Brands, you, you, people want new stuff, new ideas. But Carrie, on the other end of that, if, the, if you build a successful, sustainable brand, there's way more money, correct? Totally, totally. So brand with is, the private labeling. Money. Yes, private label is more of like a commodity business. Mm -hmm. It's And branded is equity, where you so, build equity with hopefully at some point a sale. Would you yes. make, could you kind of say that private label is almost like retail sales versus um, your brand is kind of consumer sales or is that not accurate? I would say private label sales is just behind the scenes manufacturing for other retailers. So it's just- That's what I meant, wholesale, not retail, wholesale. Yeah, more like wholesale. Mm -hmm. so, gotcha. So it's, and it's a, it's a, I've been in private label for a very long time and it's a great, business for a lot of reasons. But when, when you look at opportunity, a brand represents a lot more opportunity. So are you like your long term objective here, Carrie, are you hoping to turn your private label into a brand at some point? Or are you looking at this as an ongoing income stream that just works for your lifestyle with your tea business as well? Like are both of those just ongoing I, engines you're comfortable with? Yes. So I answered your question, my private label business is an ongoing revenue generating part of my business that I just want to keep going. And I wouldn't want to change that per se. That's awesome. And I think for our listeners and viewers, it's important to know when you're an entrepreneur, everyone has different objectives, right? right when you right, think right. about it, that's the biggest thing I, I always try to emphasize with people. We're all different. We all have different reasons we start our businesses and do what we do. So it, it's cool hearing what your objective is with that and how awesome you are at running this. And you've created a couple of funnels that make you money. It fits into your lifestyle. And you seem like you're happy with it too, Carrie. You're content. Totally, totally. absolutely. I've been, it's been Which, really fun. So where, where do you see the future of uh, replacing dairy with your creamy coconut? You think we can make this on a whole nother stratosphere here? Well, I think at some point, you know, I think I just have to continue to grow it. I'm still considered a baby in a lot of ways. And so I've got to grow it to the point where at some point I would think it would be attractive to be acquired. Carrie, the day there's a campaign that says you don't have to cry over this spilled milk yeah. is when we know you've made it. Because that's what comes to mind immediately. It's like, oh, don't <laughs> cry over spilled milk. It's like, who would want to cry over dairy anyway? But coconut... That, that I would cry over, that being spelled. So I think if there could be something with that, you'll hit a grand slam. Right. No, there's so much opportunity. There's so many, even just like, even just little things. I mean, I love sweets and there's an opportunity to make a really great dried pudding, dairy-free, low-sugar pudding using my coconut milk powder as the base. So I could see Coconut Cloud doing a pudding line that, because I, I myself, because I love sweets. So, so it's that part of, part of what drives my business is my own personal desires of what I'm looking for and what I think is missing. Which is a huge thing. You're, you're fixing a problem. It's like, oh, I don't like dairy. Let's bring in the coconut. Right. That's awesome. I know Dan and I are big pudding fans. We will definitely be customers of you, yours, Terry. 
Yeah, I love pudding. Like a little, we want like a low sugar, satisfying treat, right? Well, like, Dan, his nickname's Sweet Tooth Dan, so I, I think yeah. he loves his sugar. But hey, we can make that work. I have like I have like coconut milk pudding, and then I'll put on whipped coconut cream, like like Ooh, they, they oh, make coconut cream. It's good. So coconut good. whipped cream's phenomenal. I've actually replaced it. it with dairy. They have they offer that now at the stores. That's why I know, Carrie, you're on to mm -hmm. something huge. Mm -hmm. When you see them now having coconut whipped cream dairy free in the main grocery stores you oh, can tell it's huge it's huge i think there's a ready whip that's with coconut milk there is i just oh, had yeah. it last weekend i, I had okay. the whole thing of my face on a sunday food coma like i usually eat one of those canisters in one sitting yeah because it's just so, <laughs> it's so good it is K carrie we're pumped i, I think i'm Mike, you sound like a you sound like a big customer I'm going to Mike, you gotta send me like your deets. Like send me your mailing address. I'll send you both of you guys samples. So Carrie, as soon as I'm actually 100%. in an apartment with I, I've been in nomad world since this pandemic started in New York. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll get you over an address here as soon as I could. Yeah, please please do. Because I wanna I wanna set you up. I wanna send you Thank on the you. coconut highway of life. And Carrie, before we get you off here, can you tell our listeners where they could find your amazing products for your yeah, tea and coconut? Yeah, sure. So online, we're available Amazon and our website, which is coconutcloud.net. And then in retailers, we are located in um, public supermarkets in the southeast. We're located in Sprouts nationwide. We're located here in Colorado, Whole Foods, Safeway. We're in Safeway and Albertsons in the northwest and Lucky's. And what's your website? Yeah. It's coconutcloud.net. And you're coconut.cloud on Instagram, correct? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Follow us on Instagram. You heard yeah, I'm on your website right now. It looks awesome, by the way. Yeah, we've we've I really love what we've been able to build there. And people love to make recipes with our stuff. And so we've got some great customer stuff that we're able to repost and You're making me want to go sip out of a coconut on a beach right now. I know. That, that's what <laughs> Totally. Good stuff, Gary. Thanks so much for joining us. It was awesome. Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm so glad this worked out. I you probably saw yesterday I was a little flustered, but I'm so happy oh, that no. we were able hey. to talk and see each other face to face. And I'm so happy to be part of your show. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was great. The time. Go coconuts. Yeah. Awesome. Enjoy the day, Gary. Okay. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Have a good one. Bootstrapped in the trenches, yeah. making moves going all out. Every day handle business. You know that the hustle don't stop. Got my team, let's get it. Reviewing books and talk stocks. Steady, keep it moving. So you gon' wanna tune in. Get low down, it's an app. Get local food on demand. Delivery right to your home. Everything in the palm of your hand. Took hard work and dedication. Come through, join the conversation. This is history up in the making. We just wanna be an inspiration. Hey, let's go.